0: Well, good morning, church on Maine. Welcome. We're here to worship the Lord together. We've gathered here together as brothers and sisters in Christ and thankful for your presence here. I know that we have guests here. If this is your first time to visit or first time in a long time, hope that you'll take one of the connect cards in the back of the pew and fill that out. You can place it in the offering plate or you can take it by the welcome center or you can bring it to one of, one of us and uh, we'd love to get, get to know you. I know there are people that are also uh, streaming online. Our worship service, we welcome you uh, this morning as well. There's information on your screen about how you can get in contact with us. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a need, uh, uh, we'd love to uh, pray for you. And so if you just contact us, we'd love to get, get to know you. This is a special day in the life of our, our church. We're going to be observing the witness of Christian baptism. We have four individuals that have received Christ into their lives and and are going to share their faith through the waters of, of baptism. So this is a, a special day. And if there's anybody here this morning that uh, would like to receive Christ, just uh, let us know. And uh, uh, We would love to to talk to you about what what that means. But thank you for being here uh, this morning. So we have a, a video we'll start with.
1: good morning everyone the last time I was in a baptismal pool was in September of 1968 at Memorial Baptist Church in Newport News but here I am Um, I'm very honored and thrilled to be here today because this is a special day for our family This is my best buddy, the little redhead, my sweet baboo. This is Landon Stephen Smith, my grandson. And Landon has made a pretty big decision. He talked to his mom and dad, talked to grandma, he talked to Pastor Tommy, and he has decided he wants to give his life to Jesus and do his best to follow him for all of his days. You see all your family down there to celebrate with you? And I'll tell you another secret. All these other people are your family too. And what's so special about that family, they were praying for you before you were even born because they were praying that God was going to bring you to our family. And he did. And here you are in the baptismal pool with grandma. So I have a couple of questions for you, Landon. Who loves you more than grandma? Jesus. And Landon, who is Jesus to you? My Lord and Savior. So, Landon, today I'm baptized you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
2: this is a special day in a lot of ways and that is a very special moment to get to baptize when you baptize your children and your grandchildren as ministers that's one of the best moments that you can have but it's also a wonderful moment for us to be able to celebrate new faith no matter who it is and no matter no matter what their story happens to be joe would you come and join me and somebody send amy up here Amy may have made a run for it, we're not sure. (laughs) There she is. (laughs) No, you get down here. Oh no, you don't want up there. (laughs) You're already taller than me. I'll never get you back up if we didn't do that. Good morning, Amy. Good morning. This is Joe and Amy Lyle. Joe is a project manager for talent for the talent search at Virginia Tech. And Amy works in continuing education at Virginia Tech. And they have been attending our church and they have made a decision today that they wanted to be baptized and want to be baptized together. And so we are here to celebrate with you too. We are glad to have you. This is, a, this is a wonderful day and a wonderful opportunity for all of us. This is your family. Don't forget that. We're, none of us are going to get everything right. And baptism's not going to change that. We're going to all have our mistakes that we'll make along the way. But God is always going to be on your side, and his grace is always going to be with you. And this church is—there's it, it, no, no perfect church on the face of the earth, but I've been here 26 years. It's the best church that I've ever pastored or attended. And, it, and I am glad that you've come to join us here today. Who is Jesus?
1: My Lord, my Savior.
2: Then in obedience to the command of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Joe, come to me. Joe, who is Jesus? He is my Savior. Then, in obedience to the command of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
0: Thank
2: we thank you for coming and joining us, and we thank you for being part of our family. And we look forward to the days that are ahead and to a lot of joy that's going we'll experience together. God bless you. you. Go ahead. You go ahead. Lincoln, come and join us. Uh, Come right ahead, Lincoln. Come join me in the water. go. Come right over here, Lincoln. (laughs) This is Lincoln Williams. Lincoln, come over on this side if you would, Lincoln. Come right over here. This is Lincoln Williams. Lincoln has been coming to our church for several weeks as well. He's been helping us with in the, on the fellowship team downstairs. Some of you have seen him at Coffee and Donuts. He's also been helping with our uh, when he passing out bulletins and welcoming people in the morning. Welcome. We are glad to have you here, Lincoln. We're glad to have you in our family. This is your family of faith, and we get, we're glad that we get to celebrate with you here this morning. Jesus is on your side, Lincoln. He's always going to be there for you no matter what. And we're your family, and we're going to try to be there for you no matter what. And if you need us, you tell us, and we'll try to help you any way that we can. And we look forward to you trying to do the same for us as we go through this journey with Jesus together. Lincoln, on behalf of Jesus Christ and on the confession of your faith, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father. And turn right around here, this way. And Son and Holy Spirit. Very good, Lincoln. Very good. I'm pretty sure water got past my waders. (laughs) We'll know for sure in just a few minutes. This is the day to celebrate. It's a day to enjoy the gifts that our God has given us, the gifts of faith, the gifts of family, the gifts of each other. Let's join our Lord in prayer. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your blessings. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for the opportunity to celebrate new faith and to be part of everything that you will for us as a people. Lord, help us to know you well, help us to celebrate you Help us to love you as we have never loved anyone else and help us even when that is hard to know that you will never stop loving us. You will always be on our side. Let your spirit be with us today, O Lord, for it is in your name we offer our prayer. Amen.
1: That is our goal, to let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. So I'm going to ask you to stand. It's your turn. Nothing more wonderful than hearing you people sing. So just let it go.
3: to the King of Kings, there is no other like our God. Every individual aspect of God is so uniquely glorious that it cannot be fully measured or explained. That's what it means to be holy. God's holiness is more than just perfection or purity. His holiness causes us to gaze in wonder as we try to comprehend his otherness. And it leads us along with all of creation to worship and adore him. Holy, holy, holy.
0: Pray with me. Oh God, you have instructed in your word to be still and to know that you are God. For in the stillness we can sense your very presence with us. In the stillness we can reflect upon your great faithfulness and mercy and your holiness. You are indeed worthy to be praised. In the stillness, we're able to think about our lives and about the things about us that need to be changed, to be transformed in order for us to be more aligned with who you are and your will for our lives. And in the stillness, we can become reoriented towards you so that we can follow you and we can walk the right path once more. So teach us, Lord, to just stop and to be still more often. And when the day is hectic as it sometimes comes, help us to be still. When we are under attack, when others have lost their calm, help us to be still. When the news is bad and life appears to be deteriorating, help us to be still and know that you are God. And may we allow you to take control of our lives once again. May your spirit become our guide, cleanse our hearts, renew our energy, give us your peace. Make us peacemakers in a world that needs to know the peace of Christ. Oh God, even as we have witnessed the baptism of these, our new brothers and sisters in Christ, Landon and Joe and Amy and Lincoln, help us to remember our baptism Help us to recall the time when we received Jesus into our lives. Help us to remember when our faith in you was new and fresh and we gave ourselves totally to you in devotion and love and service. Renew our hearts this morning, Lord, even this very hour, that we might dedicate ourselves again to following you with all of who we are and all that we ever hope to become give us a new and fresh sense of our calling to be Christian, to be like Christ, to be the presence of Christ to those in this lost and dying world that need to know of the saving power of your Son and our Savior. Oh God, this morning we remember our families, our friends, our loved ones. We remember those who are ill, those who are grieving or suffering those who are facing difficult decisions in their lives or just dealing with the everyday problems that come with being human. We pray that you would give comfort, that you would give strength, that you would give encouragement, that you would give wisdom and discernment, bring healing and wholeness and peace that only you can give. And we would pray, Lord, for those who do with very little. And even without and we pray that their needs would be met that you would use us to minister to them and meet their needs as we have opportunity and are able. We pray for our church and we ask that you would give us vision and direction to meet the challenges that we face. That You would give us unity of purpose and the will to follow you in the days and weeks ahead as we engage in mission and ministry in the name of Jesus Help us to be anxious for nothing, but embolden us to be followers of Christ today and every day of our lives. Lord, we thank you for this time of worship. We thank you for the privilege of living in a place where we might gather in your name freely to sing your praises, to hear your word proclaimed in spirit and in truth. And we are grateful for the privilege to pray knowing with confidence that you hear us and that you respond out of grace and compassion and love for your people. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus, Lord of all, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread,
2: Best songs that you all do. Where are you going?
4: <laughs>
2: Nobody told you you can go anywhere. <laughs> Somebody tackled Fred about halfway down the line. There. <laughs> Our scripture reading today comes from the book of Philippians. Virgil's going down. All right. Let's help Virgil get down here. You all just talk amongst yourselves.
1: Virgil, I'm in the gap. You're good. Keep going straight ahead. Okay, keep going. Now let's take a 90 degree to the left. And Zach's down there. He's going to get you. Keep him. Keep him. Swing him a little bit.
2: A little bit left, there you go. Some of you know today is Charlotte's last day as officially as our minister of music here, and Virgil wanted to make sure and sing in the choir the last Sunday that she was here, and we are glad Virgil has been part of our music ministry since Jesus was a toddler, (laughs) (laughs) and has a a lovely voice as. I will think of him every Easter, when it, on, on every Good Friday. For years and years, he would, he would uh, sing on Good Friday. It was. Our scripture reading comes from the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, Thanks be to God. Back in 1988, I was called to be the associate pastor of St. John's Baptist Church in Charlotte. And one of the most memorable people that I met the entire time I was there was a woman named Helen Mosby. I am pretty sure that when they invented the word unique, they meant it for Helen Mosby. She was one unique lady. When our family first moved there, they gave us a big reception to welcome us to the church. And Miss Mosby was one of the first individuals that I met there. She walked up to me. She looked me straight in the eye. She said, Reverend, I'm Helen Mosby. How old do you think I am? And don't say 39. There's no way to win in that situation, folks. There's nothing you're going to say that's going to win. But I took a deep breath, and I looked at Helen, and I said, I would say you're somewhere between 65 and 70. And when I did, she yelled out to the whole room, we need to fire this man now. He even lies to old women. I said, okay, Ms. Bosby, how old are you? And she said, I'm 81, and I'm looking forward to my 100th birthday. I've already booked the country club, the ballroom at the country club, and I expect you to be there. And I said, I wouldn't miss it at all. I thought she was kidding about that. I later found out that when she made her funeral arrangements at the funeral home, she had a note put right at the top of them that said, if I die before 100, cancel the ballroom at the country club. <laughs> She was very serious about that. She had reserved it for her 100th birthday. I said, Ms. Mosby, are you married? She said, Yes, I am. My husband died 30 years ago, but he's in heaven waiting on me, and someday I'm going to see him again, but I hope it's not today. I laughed and I said, Ms. Mosby, do you have any children? She said, Not yet. Ms. Mosby was truly one of the funniest and most interesting people that I ever knew, but she was like all the rest of us. She had her faults, and one of those faults was, if it came in her mind, it came out. She said whatever, as far as I could tell, she never had an unspoken thought, at least the whole time I knew her. Ms. Mosby was walking down the hallway one day, and there was this kid in the hall who was probably seven or eight years old, and he was throwing the kind of fit that you usually see in a two-year-old, this kid's mother turned around and looked at Ms. Bosby and said, I don't know why he's acting like this. And when she did, Ms. Bosby looked at her and said, well, I do. I'm looking at her. <laughs> and then Ms. Bosby turned around, walked off, and left me standing there to fix all of this. <laughs> Ms. Bosby was a sweet person, a very kind person, but she definitely had her issues. However, before we become too judgmental about Miss Mosby or anybody else that's like Ms. Mosby, we need to remember something else. We all have our issues. It doesn't matter who we are, where we're from, whether we're the pastor of the church or never been to church in our lives. We've all had our issues in life. Every person, every group, every church, we all have those things that can keep us from becoming all that God would have us become if we lean into those things. For instance, I doubt if there's anybody in this room who doesn't have a few regrets in their lives. The reason I say that is because about half of the counseling that I do has to do with people's regrets. It's either things that they wish they hadn't done in their lives or it's things they wish they had done that they didn't do. Sometimes it's both of those with people trying to work through the regrets that they've had. I had somebody not a month ago who came to see me and they said, there's not a day that goes by that I don't feel bad about my past. And the reason they do is because that person has never allowed God to set them free from their regrets. We all need that freedom that comes from our God. They had never, ever had that moment when they let God set them free. Last week, we looked at one of the key verses for this, Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ set us free. The reason the Apostle Paul included that verse in that letter that he wrote to the church at Galatia was because freedom from the past was a hallmark of the Apostle Paul's theology. It, It appears in some way in almost every letter that he wrote to every church. Paul knew very well that if if you will let Jesus set you free from the past, then you will have the proper sense of time within your life. But if you do not allow Jesus to set you free from your past, then your sense of time is always going to be oriented behind you. And it's hard to claim the future if the only direction you're looking is back there. And that leads to a question that we all need to face in our lives. How can we move forward in a positive way that'll honor God every day of our lives? There may be lots of ways that we could do that. There may be more than one answer to that question, but I think the first step in the process of answering that question is to figure out what we need to avoid as we're trying to make our time count for God. And the first thing that we need to avoid is the wrong focus in our lives. If we're constantly focusing on what's wrong instead of what's right, it'll not only kill our future, but we won't even get started on a new journey for our future. We used to have a church member that went to church here every week. I think they spent every waking hour of their day focusing on what was wrong with this church instead of what was right with this church. And they didn't do a thing in this world to try to help the church and to try to make it a better place. They just stood on the sidelines and they complained about everything. They complained about me. They complained about Charlotte. They complained about Don. They complained about Todd. They complained about everything because all they were focused on was the negative of life. You can't affect positive change by just being negative. If you want to create a positive future, you have to invest your time in positive things. The first thing we need to avoid is having the wrong focus in our lives. The second thing that we need to avoid is picking the wrong orientation in our lives, which is a fancy way of saying, don't look back, look forward in your life. Why? Because you can't live in the past. The past can affect your life. It can affect it positively or negatively. And you can learn from your past and from things that have happened back there, but you cannot live in the past. And there is no way to move forward if the only direction that you look is behind you. When my son Brandon was in middle school, I helped coach his little league baseball team. And one of the things that we tried to teach our players was, if you hit a ball to the outfield, don't focus on the ball when you're headed to second base. Look at your third base coach. The third base coach will tell you whether to stop at second or keep coming to third. All of our kids got that except this one kid. And he was one of the best players that we had on the team. In fact, he went on to play college baseball. He was very good at it. But at that point in his life, every time he hit the ball to the fence, he would watch the ball and he'd round second base and he'd look over his shoulder trying to see the ball. And every single time he did that, he got thrown out at third. And every time he did, we had to stop and talk to him again about which way should you be oriented when you're coming down that direction. Why? Why? Why is it that we have this tendency to look back, to look over our shoulder, to look at things? we know that you can't run forward while you're looking back that's one of the things that we tried to teach those kids if you start looking back while you're running forward it's going to shift your momentum it's going to drain off the energy that you need for running forward if we want to move forward we need to be oriented forward and nobody knew that better than the apostle paul did and the Apostle Paul had a lot of regrets in his life. They surfaced periodically in the letters that he would write. At one point in time, the Christian church was more afraid of Paul than they were of the Roman government because Paul was a persecutor of the church. He was trying to kill the Christian faith. Paul was part of a mob that helped stone the, the young deacon by the name of Stephen to death. And Paul made it clear that he was going to demand He was going to arrest all of the Christians he could find. He was going to bring them in chains back to Jerusalem. And if they didn't renounce their faith, they were going to die too. Once upon a time, Paul had been the chief persecutor of the church, which meant... When Paul became a Christian, he had to start by proving to the church that he had changed, by proving to the church that his faith was real. And he did that not by focusing on the past, but by focusing on the future. He let go of that past orientation, and he set a new orientation for his life. It was an orientation of accomplishment, something that would make a difference for Jesus. The point is, it doesn't matter if our past is positive or negative. If you focus on the past, if if you let the past control the present, you will fail in the future, and there are no exceptions to that rule. I spoke at a church here in the state several years ago now. It was at one time one of the most prominent churches in the state of Virginia. It had been a town that had been exploding with growth and then suddenly it started to die as the industry started leaving. By the time I spoke there, it had gone from having a sanctuary packed that was about a thousand seats to barely having about 100, 120 people who were there. As we were there visiting with them, they told me all kinds of stories about their glory days. They told me about all of the ministries that they did way back there. They told me about a minister who was pastor of that church for 41 years and and what he had accomplished there and how much he had, had, had done and how they admired him and how they loved him. But they never said a word about the future. They never said a word about anything except what was back there. And I told my wife when I got home, I said, that is a once glorious church that is heading toward death because all they are focused on is the past. The point is, it doesn't matter if your past is negative or positive. If you do nothing but focus on it, you will start to fail. So how do we move forward? How do we claim our time as God's time? Well, you start by claiming the gift of dissatisfaction. Years ago, somebody made a criticism of Charlotte and me, and then they were surprised that I'd taken it as a compliment. They said, why are you and Charlotte so dissatisfied with things? It doesn't matter how well things are going. You're always looking for something else. And I thought... Really, do you not want us to be doing that? I laughed and I looked at him and I said, We do that because if you're above dirt, you can never be spiritually satisfied. You can never be satisfied with who you are with God. You have to always be growing, building more. Why? Because walking with Jesus is not a destination to achieve, it's a journey. Paul said, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Paul was saved, sanctified, and filled the Holy Ghost with fire, as he would put it, but Paul wasn't satisfied. It didn't matter if he was free or in prison. Paul knew that he had to make his life count for God. He had to work for Jesus. And in his mind, being in prison wasn't an excuse for not working for the Lord. Yes, bad things are going to happen sometimes, but that's not an excuse for us to give up. Paul, before Paul was arrested, he was planning on going to Spain on a missionary journey. He wrote to the church at Rome and he said, when I take my journey into Spain, I will come to you. But now he couldn't go to Spain. His circumstances had changed. So Paul had to decide What was he going to do with his time? Was he going to just look back at at what he had already done for Jesus and be satisfied with that? Or was he going to try to invest in his future right where he was? Paul had a choice and he chose to look forward. He chose to invest in the future. Paul could not go to Spain as he had dreamt, but he could lead his prison guards to faith and he could write letters of encouragement to the church that he had already founded, that he had already started. In fact, one of the great stories of the Christian faith is that the Romans had to change Paul's prison guard every day because he kept leading his guards to faith in Jesus and they would want to leave the Roman army when he did. And the most powerful letters that Paul wrote by far were the letters that he wrote from prison. Why? Because Paul claimed the gift of dissatisfaction If anybody deserved to take some time off, it was Paul, but he didn't take some time off because he knew to become spiritually satisfied is to start to spiritually die. The spiritual life is a lifelong journey of investment for God and God's people. Never be satisfied in your spiritual walk. Never be satisfied with where you are in your life with God. That's what Paul meant in this passage of Scripture when he said, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on. Spiritual success is the never-ending process of pressing on to become what God knows that we can become as individuals and as a church. Paul didn't spend his time looking back at his accomplishments. Until the day he died, he spent his time investing in the future, I press on. That was Paul's way of saying, Be devoted to a purpose. The secret to Paul's great life was that he understood the power of dedication to a purpose. This one thing I do. Paul's purpose was to make a positive difference in the world. And Charlotte, that's exactly what you've done here in this church for 21 years. You've made a positive difference. You made a positive difference for Jesus since the day that you walked through the doors. You've dedicated your life. You've dedicated your gifts. You've dedicated your talents to to serving the Lord and to building a future of this church and building a future of the kingdom. I think you found your purpose a long time ago on that day that you were baptized yourself, the last time you were in water before you got here today. Yet the reality is, is that purpose has been living its way out of you ever since then in one way or the other. I don't think you're going to know this side of heaven how much difference you've made at the high school when you taught there for 24 years when you were at main street church as their minister of music for 19 years and and how much difference you've made in this church you've invested your time and talents and and gifts everything that you had to offer for jesus christ and you've definitely blessed us with this gift of dissatisfaction you're probably as dissatisfied with things. <laughs> you were always looking for that next thing. You were always wanting the next step to be better. You were always wanting even the next song to be better than the one that was before. You were never satisfied with the way things were. Nobody will ever be able to say about you. You retired before you left. You were always looking for the next thing right down to this past week as we were going through. I can't tell you how much I have enjoyed working with you. Not one time in 21 years did I ever doubt at all that you had my back. And even when you didn't always agree with what was going on, you were still a team player and you made sure that I knew that. You've always been one who looked toward the future and you did it with, with, with gusto every t- day that you lived. And you've always tried to make tomorrow better than yesterday, not for yourself, but for God, for the good of his church, for the good of his kingdom. We've been blessed to have you here over all these years. And, and I am thankful that I've gotten to work with you for so long. That's what God calls all of us to do. It's what he wants from all of us. He's called us to give our lives to him in faith, to, to recognize our gifts, to invest those gifts for God's glory and, and to use our time for a godly purpose to, to try to leave the world better than we found it. And that starts just like Charlotte did when she was baptized. That starts when we choose to give our lives to Jesus Christ. God's calling on my life started on the day that I was baptized when I was 16 years old. From that time forward, I can look back and realize that God was calling me to the future that was going to be out in front of me. When we give our lives to Jesus in faith, we have a call upon our lives to invest our time, our talents, our gifts for his purpose, and to never be satisfied, but to always be striving for what can be out there in front of us. Today, I am asking you, I am asking you to be the people of God. Let us give our lives, let us give our trust to Jesus, and let's invest Let's invest our time and our talents and our gifts for God and his purpose. Let us not try to look for what's wrong. Let us try to build what's right and let us try to move on to the purpose that God has for us so that one day we can hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this time in life. I thank you for the opportunity to live for you and to try to live out our lives in a way that will honor you. You have blessed us with gifts and talents. Help us, O Lord, to look not back but forward. Help us to be what you would have us be and to to make our time count for a godly purpose. Help us, O Lord, to love you with all of our hearts to look for what is good and what is right and to try to invest in it and make it better. Help us to believe in what you can do through our lives. Help us, Lord, to trust you with everything that exists within us. You have called us, O Lord, to examine our lives and to recognize those times when our lives feel empty and then to turn to Jesus and say, Lord, I know that you're what's missing Come and live within me and help me to be the best that I can be for your glory. Make it so for us today, O Lord, for it's in your name we pray. Amen.
3: of his spirit
4: washed in his blood and what he did for me on calvary is more than enough i trust in god my savior My Savior, the one who will never fail, he will never fail, perfect submission.
1: Has ordered my step. has been my life first. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So seek the Lord. He will hear and he will answer.
4: I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered. I sought the Lord. That's why I trust him. That's why I trust him. I saw the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I saw the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I saw the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. That's why I trust him. That's why I trust him. God, my savior. That's why I trust him. That's why I trust him. I trust in God, my savior.
2: Don't run off. <laughs> Kimberly, go ahead. We have to do this
3: again. We have to do, this, have to do this again.
2: again. <gasps> like you're not enjoying it. I <laughs> need <laughs> Oh,
3: wait. I, hang on, hang on. I got him. I got him right there. Here you go. I got one in this pocket for me. Hang on. Oh, yeah. came to this church at about the same time. And while I was not an original member of the praise team, like my husband, I was a pretty early substitute. And you and I have been worshiping together for over 20 years, I think. You have an incredible gift for choosing music and for bringing out the best of the talent that we can offer. (laughs) There have been times where we have all thought you were crazy. (laughs) The acapella section of Thou, O Lord is one of uh, those examples. (sighs) But it was never really about getting the notes right or the rhythms for you. Every song we did, every musical we presented, every single time you told us, just worship, just worship. And you led us to do that. There is going to be a bigger church-wide gathering on August 6th where we will all have a chance to celebrate Charlotte and what she has meant to the whole church. But today, I represent the music ministry because we want to give you a gift of our own. I'm going to ask my lovely assistant to present you with the bag. In this bag... Is a gift to is a trip to Abingdon for for you and Steve or whoever you choose to take with
2: you. <laughs> Not somebody else.
3: <laughs> there are gift cards for two nights at the Martha Washington Inn and for four tickets to the good seats at Barter Theater and. There is enough additional money in there to provide at least a couple of really nice meals or a spa treatment, maybe. That's,
4: that's for you too, Steve, the spa treatment.
3: <laughs> 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 the gas to get there, whatever you want that trip to be, we want you to enjoy it from us. So on behalf of the worship choir and our instrumentalists, the praise team, bell ringers, and the Jesus jammers. (laughs) Thank you for all you have meant to us.
1: My turn. My turn. So many of you know, but for those of you that don't, Charlotte was my high school choir director um, 20 years ago at Christiansburg High School. And I can honestly say that she played a big part in inspiring me to teach music and conduct choirs. And I will forever be grateful for her mentorship and her guidance. Charlotte, we love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for your service and your leadership. And know that whenever you're ready, (laughs) there will always be a place here and the choir loft with your choir family. Thank you. Steve, you better be very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just need to say a word of thanks. It has been a joy and a privilege to serve here for 21 plus years. Um, this choir, they're not all up here now, but the choir and the musicians that I have had the privilege of working with cannot be beaten anywhere in the area and they love the lord and it shows when they sing and when they play um the staff that i have been privileged to work with and i'm so good to see don mckinney here don was here when i started bless your heart and um tommy and mike and rebecca and daniel and even Nelson, who am I forgetting? Because Cheryl was here. Cheryl Grace? Cheryl
2: here. Grace.
1: Um, they have been a pleasure. I have, I have two regrets. One, that I have still not been able to teach Rebecca how to tell when Mike is telling a story and not telling the truth. <laughs>
2: Which is most of my stories, by the way, that he tells at staff meeting.
1: And the the other is that I have a superpower that people are not aware of. I am the only person that can ignore Tommy. (laughs) It is a superpower, isn't it? He can come in and start something annoying and I can just tune him out. And I have not been able to teach anybody else to do that yet. um,
2: Are you suggesting I would be annoying?
1: (laughs) I am not suggesting at all. (laughs) Not suggesting at all. I need to thank my family who are all here today. Um, You know, Emily and Ben were in the nursery when they were two weeks old because I was directing choirs and Steve has been my rock. Hmm. Um, Every time we have done a program, he's here moving chairs or what do you need now? He's putting up handbells. So he has been my partner throughout all of this and my sweet Babu who got baptized today. I love you, buddy. So my sister and her husband came in. My sister was at my very first recital I ever did. She suffered through it. And all of those that came after and John with her. So um, my family has just been such a blessing to me. But most importantly to my Lord and Savior who has given me the ability and the desire to serve him in this way that I've been able to do it for 47 years I've been directing choirs. And so this has been pretty bittersweet the, the last time, but I love you guys, and we're gonna be around. We're gonna take a little break. Um, I am so thankful that Tim is gonna be taking over. He's gonna be perfect. So. But thank, thank you all so much. It's been a blessing. i am really done now.
2: Tim, the lovely assistant. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna put that in the bulletin, our new Minister of Music. Thank you very much Charlotte for all that you have done. For all that Charlotte's been far more of a minister here than just leading music. She has there, we would have crises come up and none of the pastors be here and she would get in the ho- car and go to the hospital and stay with people and then call us from there On, when the shootings happened at Virginia Tech she was at the inn with me there and then was with the Cloyd family the entire time of that it, you, you have not just been a musician you have been a true minister in the name of Jesus Christ and we are great, grateful for that and grateful for all that you've brought it has been a joy being on staff with you and it's just been a true joy being able to come in and see you every day and be part of a team with you. And so we didn't want to have her last day's celebration when so many people are on vacation. And so on August 6th, we're going to do a little more of this and probably embarrass her a little more. It's going to be a roast, actually, on that day. And uh, we're taking the worship time to do that. And so we're hoping that uh, you will all come back and be with us on that day and be part of the celebration. Today, God has led us here to count for him and to remember that investing our time is what makes a difference and is what changes things. Let's make the decision today to invest our time for Jesus well and to do the best we can to make wherever we are as good as it can be for the glory of God. And now may the Lord bless and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and give you peace this day and every day, now and forevermore. Amen. God bless you, everyone.